Next on Contemplate. I'm the life. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And if you're a Christ follower and you have stopped being plugged into the vine, you're dying. Spiritually, once again, you're just fading away. It's not that you're not saved. It's just that you're not going to be good for anything. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. And this is another Contemplate podcast. I'm Ron Hagelgans, and as you can tell from just that short preview, we're in for a powerful lesson today as Pastor David brings us part seven in our series, Who is Jesus? When we really encounter Jesus, it changes everything, or at least it should. Let's find out more. Here's Pastor David Robinson with part seven of Who is Jesus? Recorded live at Acts Church. People have never stopped asking this question that Pilate asks here. What is truth? And our whole culture right now is is asking this question in a thousand ways. And we're running in a thousand directions. And the more we run from the truth, the more we suffer and the more we see it. And the darker it gets. We don't like People claiming things about truth. And here's the reason why. Because we don't like the cost of the effects that the people who claim to know the truth have caused. Okay? In the, the philosophers and the scientists of the Enlightenment, they told us something. They said, listen, listen to us. We're going to solve the world's problems. We're going to create a utopia because people are super smart. And through reason, we're going to walk forward and usher in this incredible world of utopia. We don't need God. We don't need any of that. We need science and reason. And boy, are we smart. Right? They're saying we now know the truth. And we're really going to create this society that's perfect. That was the truth brokers for several hundred years. What they were telling the world. And then we got into the 20th century. Here we are, the industrial revolution. We're dawning on this new age. Is everything going to get good? And then we threw away any notions that these guys had any idea what they were talking about when World War I came. And we started killing everybody. And then if there was any doubt remaining, it left when World War II came. The idea that we're so smart that we're going to usher in this incredible existence, this utopia that we're going to create it. All these people telling us that they knew the truth, and they still do. They say, we know the truth, follow us, we'll tell you what to do. And we see the the sexism and the racism and the brutality and the genocide, and we go, whatever you're saying is truth, I reject that. And now now we're lost. We're rudderless out in the sea saying there is no truth, just like Pilate said 2,000 years ago. There's no truth. What do we do? What do we do? And yet at the same time, we're, we're just yearning inside. You see it in, in the young people today especially who have grown up more disconnected from any kind of objective morality and truth than I think anyone has for at least a very, very long time. And they're at some level crying out inside themselves, give me something real. And against that backdrop, Jesus is saying, I am the truth. See, Pilate knew. Why is he asking what's truth? Because just like the people today, it was the same story for him. 
He was a Roman, a powerful Roman. They had their philosophers and the wisdom of the Greeks. It was the same story. We're going to figure it all out. Look how smart we are. Look, whatever. And he knew that it was all a disaster and a disappointment and a bunch of nonsense. Pilate knew that like so many know it today. It's all upside down. Here's this good person, Jesus Christ, in front of Pilate, who he knows is innocent, and the bad person is telling the good person he's going to be executed. The world is upside down. Pilate knows it, and so he, so he cries out, what is truth? What is truth? And yet Jesus was saying something very real when he said, I am the truth. He's saying, there is a truth, and I am it. You will stumble over yourselves to find a way around it, to find a way to think y'all are the truth, to find a way to think anything is the truth, to make little gods in your own broken image to try to suppress the truth. You'll try to go all around, but when you run out of places to go, you'll turn back and you'll find that the whole time what's been true is that I am the truth. That's what Jesus is saying to us there So you want to live like God doesn't really care what you do or what you think in the dark. And so you try to push away the truth, and then you get confused, and you say, what is truth? But the whole time, he's been right there saying, I am the truth. In John 1, 1 through 5, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm talking about the Son here. We're talking about Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. Nothing was made without him. Every truth is his truth. He is the truth. The very laws of nature are his. He is the ultimate reality. There is nothing and no one more real than God. There is nothing and no one more real than Jesus Christ. He is the definition of reality. There is nothing more actual, factual, and real than Jesus Christ. What is truth? According to Google, it's that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality, and there is nothing more in accordance There's nothing more in accordance with fact or reality than Jesus Christ, through whom all reality we know was made. There's one truth, Jesus Christ, and there's people all over the world today, and they're crying out inside, is there any truth? They told me that money was going to be the truth. That's what they told me. They told me that, that sex was the truth. They told me that power was the truth. They told me that, that chasing happiness in this way or that way was the truth. And yet here I am, lost and broken and crying out, what is truth? And Jesus stands next to us in that moment of brokenness and says, listen, child, I am the truth. You want reality? You want security? You want something real? It's me. It's me. And I'm the life. Jesus is the life. Now, we go back to Nicodemus here. Jesus tells Nicodemus he must be born again. And Nicodemus, he can't fathom what he means. What do you mean, Jesus? And he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit 
the Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Why? Why do we have to be born of the Spirit? Why was Jesus telling that again? Demas, why is Jesus telling it to us today? Why do we have to be born of the Spirit? Why do we have to be born again? Because here's the deal. Listen, before we're born of the Spirit, we're dead. We're dead. Listen, Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Without Jesus, we're dead in our sins. We have no hope. We've rejected God. We've gone our own way. And it started at the very beginning, Genesis 2, 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. What did we do? We ate, right? We did it. We've been doing it ever since. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And there's a consequences. There are consequences for these actions, for these sins and trespasses. It says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, we have earned death through our sins. We have earned death by suppressing the truth in unrighteousness, by suppressing Jesus in unrighteousness. We have earned death, and we are dead spiritually. You may be walking around, you may be breathing physically, but you are dead spiritually if you're not born again. But Jesus is the life. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's good news. Being born again is about going from death to life. We cannot see the kingdom of God as dead people. Dead in our sins and our trespasses. We can't see it. We cannot see the kingdom of God as imperfect people. We can only see the kingdom of God. We can only have peace with God through Jesus Christ if we are born again of the Spirit. Because Jesus is alive. John 5, 24 through 26 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He has not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. Jesus is the life. As Jesus continues to talk to Nicodemus, he says one of the most well-known things in the Bible. This is what he says. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, not die, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And here's the thing. Clearly, when we're talking about Jesus as a life, 
we're talking about salvation, right? About going from death to life. That is to say, we're talking about that moment wherein we believe, wherein we receive, wherein Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior, and we're saved, and we move from death to life. But listen, we're not just talking about that. When we accept that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, that he died for our sins, that he rose again, and we accept his forgiveness, there is a, there is a moment of salvation that is a glorious and beautiful thing. But when Jesus says he's alive, he's saying even more than that. He's saying not only that you aren't going to die and that you'll be able to have peace with God, he's also saying that in him you will have life, both now and forever. Listen, we're not supposed to become sky gazers, waiting, just waiting for Jesus to come back. Well, you know, I'll just do what I have to do to get along here. And I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come back because heaven is the only thing that's going to be good. Right? That's not our calling. The amazingly good news is not only that Jesus will come back someday, which is great news. It's not only that when we physically die, we'll be with Jesus Christ, which is also great news. But the amazingly good news for the Christ followers is that we are already living life in him. Already. Now. We are already being made new. Philippians 1.6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It's already happening. When we find our life in Christ, he's already working on us. We're already living that Christ life of his peace and his grace and his joy. John 10, 9 through 10, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. Jesus is the life. When he says that, that's what he's saying. He has an abundant life for us right now. And Christ's followers should find joy and hope and peace in that. Now listen, I'm not peddling some nonsense about life without pain or difficulty, or that you're all going to have lots of money, or anything like that. In fact, I know that pain and difficulty are coming for all of us, because that's part of life, and Jesus tells us that. We will face persecution. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be difficult, but there are also eternal rewards that we are building up, that we're experiencing in life in Christ that nothing on this earth and no pain will compare to. Matthew 19, 29 says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. In 1 Corinthians 3, we're told that the works we do as Christ followers, the ones that endure, will bring us eternal rewards. Gold, silver, precious stones, right? We're told in 1 Corinthians 6 that we'll judge angels, Uh, The things that God has for us to do are big and exciting, and that's never going to stop, and that's now, and that's later. There is so much for us now, and there's so much for us in eternity. There is life in Christ because he is the life, and I cannot begin to tell you the blessings that I have received, the joy that I have experienced, and the abundant life that I have had as a follower and a child of the King, Jesus Christ. I cannot tell you. I cannot begin There is a huge difference between being physically alive and having life in Christ. A huge difference. You can be your zombie self walking around, doing the same things, chasing the same nonsense, living like a gong show, 
doing all of that, and you can be alive, you can be breathing, but life in Christ is something entirely different. It's real life, and it's not just in heaven. It's now. It's now. And so if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're just holding on, you're just holding on, waiting for heaven, you're just holding your breath and waiting for heaven, you're just, you're just Lord, just come get me as soon as you can. I, just, I, I don't like all this nonsense. And have you seen what they're putting on TV these days? And the whole thing, and like, you just, you just want to get there, right? I don't want to think about this. And everyone who talks to you, it's just a, you know, a Bible verse and a whatever, and you, and you just can't, get, you can't enjoy life. Listen, you're missing so much of what Jesus Christ has for you. He's the life. If we're going to be in him, let's have that life. Let's not shut ourselves off to that, waiting for some future hope, which is awesome, but it's now too. This is what C.S. Lewis says. I know you're shocked that I found a C.S. Lewis quote for this. If we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We are far too easily pleased. Christ has so much for you. He has so much for those who follow him. There's so much life in him. Why are we here? Why do we serve him? Why do we go to Honduras and the Philippines and do the stuff in Alaska? Why do we give our time? Why do we give our money? Why do we meet together? Why do we have life groups? Why do we do this stuff? Because the love of Christ compels us because we know he is life. Both now, both in salvation, both in abundant life today, and in eternal life forever. We know that. And that makes us want to go. That makes us want to say, hey, you, you need life in Christ. It's real life, I promise. You don't know anything like what you're going to know as a life in Christ. And when Jesus says he is the life, he means it. There is no other God. There is no other truth. There is no other life. Jesus is the way. All other ways lead to death. For the person who wants to say that all roads lead to Albuquerque, Be careful. It's not just illogical to say that. It's dangerous. Your job is to find the right way. Your job is to look at all the truth claims that exist out there and decide which one is the most likely to be true, which one seems to bear the most evidence, which one is real. Not to tell people that every way goes because the fact is only one way leads to life and every other way leads to death. If you tell them they can take any road, you're telling them, to go to their death. So be careful about peddling that. Be careful as a Christian about backing away. Be very careful about this. When someone says, oh, you're a Christian, you probably think that yours is the only way, and you say something like, well, no, I mean, I do my thing. This is my truth. Don't say that. That's not Christianity. That's not what our Lord said. I am the way. That's what he said. Don't be embarrassed of him and what he said, because again, if you, let, if you give people an edge to believe that they can believe anything and it's still all good, It leads to death. There's one way. There's one truth. Jesus Christ. In reality, everything else is shadow and smoke. There's nothing. There's nothing but Jesus. There's nothing but Jesus. And in the end, everyone will know that. Every tongue 
will confess. Every knee will bow and claim that Jesus Christ is Lord because he is. Because he is the only truth. And listen, Jesus is the life. Everything else is dying and death. In Jesus is found abundant life, joy, hope, and peace that we all seek. And if you cannot get excited, listen to me, Christ followers. This is for Christ followers. If you cannot get excited about Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, you are keeping yourself from inexpressible joys that are yours. You are keeping yourself from inexpressible joys that are your birthright as one born again, born of the Spirit, born into life, a child of God. This is your birthright, to have joy. Even in the sorrow, even in the pain, even in the difficulty, to, to live in the joy of knowing, just, just basking in the love that Jesus Christ has for us. What do we want more than love? What do we want more than affection? Go and look on Facebook. What's everyone looking for? Give me love. Give me value. Give me peace. And Jesus is saying, it's all yours in me. I'm the life. Come, take this river. doesn't stop flowing. Your cup can just run over. Because I've got it all to give. And yet we're like, no, 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 I can see that. I can see that. But I really think that just another season of this Netflix show will get me where I want to be. I really think that if I just get together with this boy over here or this girl over here, I really think that if I can just get that raise at work, we're going to see if that will work. Because if I take this water, I somehow feel like I'm having to give something up instead of recognizing everything I'm getting. And Jesus is saying, it's flowing, baby. Come get it. I'm the life. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And if you're a Christ follower and you have stopped being plugged into the vine, you're dying. Spiritually, once again, you're just fading away. It's not that you're not saved. It's just that you're not going to be good for anything. Have your joy in Christ. Yes, bad things happen. Not because God doesn't love you, but because you live in a broken and fallen world. Bad things happen, and yet I'm a child of God, loved by Jesus Christ, and I have life. I have his life in me. And I can be joyful. Not always happy, but joyful. Inexpressibly joyful as I remember that no matter what, I'm his. Right now. Not just forever. Right now. And we can trust him because of that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's who he is. He's it. He's done everything he needs to do to prove that, to show that to us. He's done everything he needs to do to make it possible for you to have life. He gave everything. He couldn't have given anything more. He became a person. He's God. He allowed us to kill him. He could have at any time, when people start punching and pulling his beard out and spitting on him and beating him and mocking him at any time, he could have not just said, okay, dude's dead, dude's dead. He could have done much more than that. He could have said, okay, universe, gone. It's over. I should never have made this anytime he wanted to. He's the one who holds it together. And not only did he not do that, he didn't kill the, the people, let alone destroy the whole universe, which is what I sure would have done. I've been like, start over. That's not what he did. He suffered it for you. What more could he have done to show you? You can't just say you're the way, you're the truth in your life and not, and not put your money where your mouth is. Well, no one has ever put their money where their mouth is more than Jesus Christ who died for you. And who proved that he was God by rising again. Now, if you don't know him, if you don't have that Christ life, today's the day for you. Make it happen. Jesus Christ is God. He's the son of God. He died and he rose again. And it's because of his death that your death can be undone. 
It is because of his death that you can go from spiritual death to spiritual life, that you can be with him forever and be with him right now. And if you're a believer, a Christ follower, today's the day for you. Stop moping around. Smile a little bit. You have the life of Jesus. He's the life. He's in your life. Yes, I know. You were late to work and there's traffic. I know. It's Jesus. You have Jesus. Come on. People should see that on you. People should see that on me. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, with Part 7 of Who is Jesus? here on Contemplate. Wasn't that a great study? God wants us to be ambassadors for the truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we do that by letting his love and grace flow through us, impacting a world that desperately needs him. Now, if you'd like more information about Axe Church, you can find us online at axecamus.org. And once again, here's Pastor David. Thanks, Ron. This is Pastor David, and I'd like to invite you to join us this Sunday morning at Axe Church. We have a great group of folks here who love to worship Jesus and to love each other. Could you use some love in your life? Come see us this Sunday morning. I just know you'll be blessed. Here's Ron with our contact info. Hope to meet you real soon. For directions and all the info you need, visit AxeCamus, that's Camus with a C, AxeCamus.org, or call us at 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. I hope you'll come see us this Sunday. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for listening, and you'll want to be sure and check out the next podcast for another great Bible lesson with our teacher, Pastor David Robinson, here on Contemplate. Contemplate.